giving them the three does give them a bit of a pre, gives them an advance notice that something is about to happen. I actually am not expecting them to come out the fir- on the first on the first instant, right? It's kind of just heads up. Dad might be yelling in three seconds or so. Welcome to the Medical Dads Podcast, a parenting podcast by two dads who happen to be medical doctors. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Stuart Harmon, a pediatric emergency room physician and father of four from Ottawa, Ontario. I want to be in the podcast. Daddy, do you know what you're doing? Can I play a game on your computer? Daddy, where's mommy? And I'm your other co-host, Dr. David Shu, a family doctor from Toronto, Ontario. Welcome aboard. All right, Dr. Harmon, we're here for another episode of Medical Dads. Yes, we are. And I thought what we could do for this episode, in keeping with the theme, is we could just yell the whole episode. We could do this one <laughs> at the top of our lungs. <laughs> the problem is we're actually in a good mood when we record these episodes. <laughs> yeah, Unless true. my son drops in and starts interfering with uh, <laughs> with my delete button. <laughs> so it's yeah. hard to generate the true yelling phenomenon. Yeah, that's true. I guess I figured if we yelled the whole thing, it would give listeners uh, a sense of what it's like inside our houses. But uh, no, nah, it wouldn't really <laughs> capture it. <laughs> No, no. You actually need to come to my house for a few minutes and then you'll see what it's actually like. It has to be true rage-fueled yelling. Simply just <laughs> yelling when we put it on as an act, it doesn't feel sincere. It's not the same. Absolutely. So, like, by the sounds of it, there is some yelling in your household at times, occasionally. <laughs> From time to time, voices are raised and occasionally even mine. <laughs> I admit it. I'm a yeller. Like I hear people talk about how they try not to raise their voices. And I've even said like idiotic comments like that from time to time. But I admit it. I'm a yeller. And my wife can be a yeller too. We both can get up there in the decibels. And yeah. then, to be fair, our kids can also get up there in the decibels. <laughs> That's right. I don't understand why my kids yell so much. I mean, I yell at them all the time to stop and it doesn't seem to be working. Maybe I'm just not yelling hard enough. <laughs> so... Do you have any good stories of like famous meltdowns like in the family? I'm asking about when you had a meltdown. (laughs) That's what the audience wants to hear. (laughs) They don't want to hear about uh, times my wife had a meltdown. Well, okay, sure. If you want to incriminate your wife (laughs) and talk about one of her meltdowns, that's also okay. (laughs) I I, I can think of moments of being in a situation where, uh, well, on the elliptical runner, uh, you know, I have for my kind of cardio, what I have at home is one of these elliptical runners. And I mm. remember when the kids were, were really small, when you're on the elliptical runner, you don't want to get off and disrupt your, your like routine. Uh, mm-hmm. So the kids are doing something and I'm yelling at them to stop. And they're either not hearing me or not listening to me. And because I don't want to get off, all I'm doing is just trying to yell louder and louder. (laughs) If I could just yell loud enough, they'll have to listen to me. This doesn't sound like real rage-filled yelling because this sounds more like your elliptical machine is very noisy and you're just trying to speak over the din of the machine, right? No, no, this has nothing to do with the volume of the machine and everything to do with the (laughs) fact that I don't want to get off the machine and, and I'm trying to prove that I have enough control that if I yell loud enough, these kids will have to fall into line <laughs> so does it work like in, in this example that you're thinking of when your voice get got higher and higher at some point did the kids respond or are do they have the magic mute button and they can tune you out completely yeah at one point it got so scary that uh that yeah <laughs> the kids <laughs> at least came to see what was going on 
<laughs> but whether that had the the correct long term effect, uh, and whether I felt a true sense of satisfaction that like, yeah, see, there we go. Now I know that I'm in control. Uh, it did not work that way. I have I have to say, like, as your co-host, and probably I'm talking about our audience. People who've listened to you on the air are having difficulty imagining what it would be like for you to lose it and be yelling to the point that your children are investigating what's going on. Like I'm, I'm imagining you raging out. Like I'm thinking of Barack Obama throwing a fit on an elliptical machine. Like it's not as scary as if the Donald Trump was doing it. Well, yeah, I know. I, I don't think I reached Trumpian proportions uh, when I, when I'm yelling. But for me, I don't see yelling specifically as something that's only going to happen when I have absolutely lost control, lost my mind. I guess that's mm. what it would be like for somebody who's already decided that I believe firmly that yelling has no place. There's never a time you should raise your voice. And so when they do it, it means they're actually going against all their principles. Mm. Where for me, I, I've not that I think yelling should be your go-to or what you need to do all the time, but I feel that there are times when it's appropriate uh, to yell or raise your voice uh, when raising children. And mm. so... When I'm yelling, it's not the same thing as me being completely out of control. In fact, I think if I if I was really out of control, I would go past the stage of yelling, and then, then I would know I'm really out of control. <laughs> Smashing, breaking household furniture. Yeah, that that would be me. Me out of control would probably be me smashing up the place. That has happened too. Like <laughs> there have been instances where where things tables have been overturned, chairs have gotten flipped in the house. <laughs> that has also happened. Not not the best parenting at all times, I have to say. I, I haven't gone I haven't done that yet. I haven't put my fist through the wall or specifically broken or smashed something. Um, but at one when, one point when my kids were were pretty young, uh, you know, I think when I when the when they were all under five, uh, I went to the dentist after having not seen a dentist for ages. And the dentist is looking at my teeth and he's saying like, do you grind your teeth? And I'm like, not that I'm aware of, but I now that you mention it, I do feel like I've been clenching my teeth a lot more <laughs> over the I last four years. I thought you were going to say that in a fit of rage, you bit the wall or something. <laughs> Clenching your teeth is hardly the mark of a person losing control. <laughs> For me, I think that is the all that outward desire to destroy things uh, because part of me still is hanging on to some vestige of control and saying, you know, I do not want to emotionally scar my kids for life uh, i turn that rage inward and then the next mm. thing i know i've got these teeth that are ground down to the gums interesting so so in our house there have been some times where i've gotten upset i mean during covid like this last year there's been mul like we're around each other constantly right yeah so in one sense i think we've actually developed some protective measures against rage because we know that even if we're really mad at the kids or they're mad at us that 10 minutes from now we're going to see them again right yeah. 20 minutes from now we're still together right it's, right it's not like there's anywhere else to go or any outlet for it yeah. so you kind of just get used to it and it just blows over so in a way that's almost better than before yeah. right where you know you'd be in a rage and then you drop them at school and I mean, you could cool down because you're in separate corners, but yeah. there's these built-in cool-down mechanisms. Now we don't have those mechanisms. You just have to cool down on your own. Yeah. While the kid is still in front of you. <laughs> uh, so how does that work then? How do you uh, how do you do that if you've had like a blow up or you've yelled at them? How do you <laughs> then sort of say? Like, 
I I've been honing this skill. It's 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 my mom's Jedi mind trick thing, where I never noticed this growing up. But at some point, like when I was a teenager, my mom, my sister said to me, you know, one of my one of our mom's best attributes is that she loses it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm aware she loses it. She's always losing it at dad and us. Right. <laughs> yeah. But she's like, the attribute is that she actually gets over it really fast. Right. Yes. And she's like, that's actually a skill that you can learn. So, you know, sometimes we lose it. We go into, you know, incredible Hulk berserker rage mode, yeah. but two minutes later, you're kind of back to normal. You don't hold it against the person indefinitely. Yeah. That's a useful skill to have. Not everyone can manage it because it's this weird like emotional regulation thing. And yeah. it can be very, very confusing to people who don't know you well. Yeah. Right? But that is a skill that I've been working on during the pandemic. I think it's very stereotypically dad who has the attribute of they got really angry or they yelled or they did whatever. But then more sort of stereotypically, the dad is not the one who's later bringing it up again and again. When I, when I think back to when I was a kid, it was not common that a week later, my dad's going to bring up something that he mm. yelled at me for uh, a week prior. Mm. Although I guess in my situation, my dad wasn't, my dad wasn't prone to yelling at us that much. Uh, uh, and maybe that was not, maybe that was to our detriment. But when he actually, when, when an issue arose that actually he cared about and was passionate about, then yeah, he would, <laughs> he would yell. It would be quite, it'd be quite scary, actually. Do you uh, remember any good ones? Like when are some, like, because they're so unusual. Like what are the big mega dad meltdowns that are fit for the air? Uh, so uh, things that, things that, w that don't set dad off, right? Things like, oh, yeah, I didn't try hard enough in school. Uh, I didn't keep my, keep my room clean. I didn't... Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, uh, that sets dad off here, I got to say. Keeping the room clean is the setting off dad thing when dad is the person cleaning the rooms during the pandemic. But keep going. Yeah, I think this is the difference between us now and perhaps uh, for a lot of our listeners, our parents' generation, right? <laughs> These things didn't upset my father, I don't think, because they didn't direct, directly affect him very much. Whereas, <laughs> At all. Yeah. But anything that was either a direct uh, disrespect to him uh, or anything that affected his property, uh, you, you, you could be pretty certain that that is going to set off uh yelling <laughs> or yelling plus <laughs> mm. i mean i remember one time uh there was a moth flying around in the in the mudroom of my house and this thing was driving me crazy so i was looking for something to squish it on the wall with and i saw my mother had a pair of wooden clogs on the ground so i picked up the clogs and i was just <laughs> about to smash this thing on the wall when my dad came down and in, a, in an instant it all hit me that like what am i doing <laughs> This is insane. I'm risking my life over here. <laughs> yeah, when he saw what was about to happen, he definitely uh, expressed his displeasure. Interesting. Interesting. So you actually had the foresight to preempt the yelling for the most part in that scene. Uh, no, it, it, uh, the, the yelling came before, uh, <laughs> before I actually uh, uh, was able to mitigate it, let's say. Mm. I mean... 
one thing that happens on TV, like you're talking about these stereotypical dads. And as you did that, I started to think about like Full House and all these TV dads who rarely yell. Right. Right. And they almost become just annoyingly talky instead of yelling. Right. Right. Like like the Danny Tanner thing was that instead of yelling at your kids, you would just bore them stiff (laughs) with like a lecture or something. Does that actually happen in families? Uh, I, I think there are plenty of times where, where dads bore their kids with lectures and with talk. <laughs> but uh, there's a direct substitute of yelling. Like you're able to manage your temper and or manage the urge to raise your voice and then go into some sort of talking mode. Uh, yeah, I would say I, w- I would say that that does happen and that that should happen. Uh, mm. I think uh, we could go into more detail about this for sure. But I, I think as a bottom line, I would say there are times where it is appropriate to yell. But every time you have the urge to yell is not the time that it is appropriate to yell. (laughs) For sure. Now, I actually was talking about parenting with a colleague of mine a couple years ago, and they made me buy a book, right? The book is right here. I still have it. Raise your kids without raising your voice. It's like 300 pages of how to not raise your voice, like this new age parenting thing. And I'm sure if I gave this book to your dad, having never even met your dad, yeah. right? Or your mom, right? Or my dad or my mom, they would just laugh in the face of this book, yeah. right? But it is written by someone with a master's in education and psychology or whatever. Like this is like some, there are a lot of parents out there investing time and energy into learning how to not yell at your kids because there's this whole argument that yelling and being angry just scars kids for life, like you said, right? Well, everything in moderation. <laughs> but, you know, the, the person who's reading the book on how to never yell at your kids and actually follows every instruction to the letter and, does, and doesn't yell at the kids has annoying kids who, when they come over and play with your kids, it's driving you crazy and they don't respect your property or your stuff. And your teeth have been ground into a fine powder by the end of the afternoon. I mean, yeah, I, I could write a book too on, you know, how to raise kids with bad manners. <laughs> how to raise kids that other parents don't like um, and there's all kinds of evidence to suggest that those annoying kids are still are fairly successful in life because they don't really care about other people's opinions or feelings when they want to do what they want to do so they're great businessmen uh, well yeah. here's an example right like you go you do you do one of these book things or you go to a parenting class and they always throw the first example is like never give your kid like you know, I'm going to count the three and you better get over here. Right. right. And, and I love counting the three <laughs> to get them over here. Yeah. Right? And they're always like, well, don't do that because when you count the three, you're giving them the option to wait until past three. Right. And by the time you get to three, you're already upset. Yeah. Right. What you actually want them to do is say, get over here right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I've talked to other parents and even by myself, like I find Giving them the three does give them a bit of a pre, it gives them an advance notice that something is about to happen. Right. I actually am not expecting them to come out the fir- on the first on the first <laughs> instant. Right. Yeah. It's kind of just heads up. Dad might be yelling in three seconds or so. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I mean, there really is some benefit to the kids having a, a, a boundary or a limit that they don't want to go beyond. And mm. if you've never yelled at your kid and you've never uh well let's say if you've never yelled at your kid then how are you demonstrating to your kids that there is a point at which you are displeased (laughs) 
other than having some sort of weapon in your hand, yeah, it's very <laughs> difficult for them to understand. But, yeah, precisely. You you do see it sometimes. Parents get uh, passive aggressive or snippy or sarcastic with their children, and you're like, okay, well now they now they might know you're annoyed. They might not because they're not old enough to understand your sarcasm. Uh, right. So as, is that really helping? Is that better for them than if you made it clear that you were upset? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So a big part of it is clarity. Yeah. And unfortunately for a lot of us, raising our voice is one of the ways we try to get clear with our kids. I, I'm yeah. just thinking about all the mornings I've spent with my son during the pandemic where I'm trying to explain some sort of concept to him like a school concept like something he needs to learn and if he doesn't get it and i feel like it's a relatively easy concept and i've turned the concept over twice in different ways i feel like he should get it yeah and now he's really just being dense i can i my voice goes up one decibel right (laughs) if i do it again it's logarithmic it goes up by like (laughs) or exponential it goes up by five decibels the next time and 20 the next time right and it it is silly but at some point i'm like if I just say this to him really loudly, really enunciating clearly, like I really want to make sure that there's no interference between the the sound leave the sound waves leading my mouth and entering his ear, right? Yeah. That that's not the problem that he's having with this material. Then the voice just keeps getting louder and louder. That's like a natural human thing to yell. I mean, uh, you could try to do the same thing by talking more firmly or being more. Uh, I guess aggressive in your in your tone, but mm. uh, it still amounts to the same thing. As right, that's the problem. Yeah. Right, it but, usually is not a good thing. Like in that specific instance, medical dad understands that he's he's walking the fine line. Right, right. He's yeah. fighting crime. He's a he. He may do something to the criminals that he's going to regret. Right, <laughs> although yeah. he means well. That's right. I mean, you don't you don't want your kids to just be trying to do trying to understand a school concept because they're afraid that you're going to yell at them. That That's not <laughs> going to reach a long-term goal. Right. That's that's often the thing people need to ask themselves when they're yelling at their kids is, what was my goal here? And do I really think that this is going to achieve it? Or am I just doing this because in the, in the short term, I feel some brief sense of relief because I've yelled? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what we're saying is that there are some times that yelling is okay and... Other times, try to avoid it if possible, right? Yeah. Most and uh, that could that maybe is most times, right? That when you have times. the urge to yell, <laughs> it, it's one times. of those. It's one of those things that is kind of like, you know, hard drugs. You know, you do it too often, it can become a problem. But if you use it very sparingly, <laughs> can be effective. <laughs> hard drugs. So like cocaine, for example. If you use it too much, your life will go in the toilet. But once in a while, it'll help you clean your garage in like 10 minutes. Is that, is that what we're saying? It's bad example. I, was, I, was gonna, I wasn't meaning hard drugs. I was thinking more along the lines. It's something like sleeping pills, right? Use it once in a while, it helps you sleep. But you use it too often, it starts to lose its effect. That's a better example. Benzodiazepines. All right, I can understand that analogy. Although I, I don't use sleeping pills under any circumstances, but <laughs> nor do I. That's a topic for another podcast. But uh, maybe what we should do is think of some examples of when we think it's okay to yell, uh, and then we can talk about some of the scenarios in which people do yell and which they shouldn't, and maybe what some of the alternatives might be. So, mm. can you think of an, a, a concrete example of when when it is appropriate to yell? 
honestly, in almost all cases, it's not appropriate to yell. It's difficult for me to think of one that doesn't sound trivial if I bring it out now. I'll tell you what one of my guidelines is, is it is okay to yell at my kids when they are doing something dangerous. So Fair, fair. You know, so that's more yelling to get their attention and get them to stop immediately. Uh, yeah, you could try to look at it that way. Or in my sense, it's, you know, I yell so that they understand the extreme seriousness of what's going on and they will stop. And then later, then we can have a, a calm conversation about it. But if mm. my kids are fighting with the doorway, for example, and one kid's trying to slam the door on the other, that type of thing, there's no... In that moment, I'm not having a reasoned conversation about the dangers of opening and closing a door. Uh, I'm yelling at them in that moment. So now they understand that at the very minimum, there's a consequence of doing this door is that my parents are going to be scary. Uh, And if that's as far as they ever understood, then at least I've saved a trip to the emergency department to have plastic surgery look at a finger that's been partially amputated in a door frame, which is something Mm -hmm. that I do see all too often. But then I do, do go afterwards to talk to them to say, you know, the thing with the door and the reason why I had to yell at you for the door was, and then I explain that. And depending on the age and the development of your kids, they will sometimes get that and they will sometimes not get that. Uh, but mm-hmm. in the moment when they go to play with the door, uh, a young kid, even an older kid, is not necessarily going to in that moment stop and replay that conversation about all the logical reasons why playing with doors and slamming them on your siblings mm-hmm. is dangerous but they may remember that oh that's right uh, i got yelled at right. and at the very right. least if i catch them doing it again and i yell at them again they'll stop there's not going to be something of they're doing it again and i'm trying to have a conversation with them but they don't buy into my logic and so they're still doing it while i'm trying to convince <laughs> them that this is dangerous no, none of that nonsense <laughs> okay so when they're in harm's way or there's something that they're doing that's in an immediate danger to them, yelling is justified. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I, I'm still having trouble thinking of another example. Are there more? <laughs> well, I think it can also be used to emphasize uh, a lesson when they're doing something that that they did something that's dangerous. Uh, that, you know, It may not be that you actually have to yell at them to tell them to get out of the middle of the street. Sure. If they attempt to cross the street, but you've made it explicitly clear that they're not supposed to go there because there's traffic. That's right. Right. You bring them back into the house. At that point, you do want them to be more frightened by this scenario. That's right. That's right. I think sometimes for them to see that, like, oh, my parents reacted like that, then this is serious. I think that can actually have some meaning. The problem, of course, is when you yell at your kids all the time for everything, then Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean anything when you yell at them for those times where you really wanted to get the point across. Right. Hence, use it sparingly. That's right. Like a benzodiazepine. (laughs) That's right. You know, even if I think of myself, my wife does not yell at me. And I do not yell at my wife. But (laughs) if something came up and she did yell at me, that would be, there's no way I could ignore that or not think that this is serious. That would be like, you know, my wife never yells and she's yelling at me. Mm -hmm. if you could, if if you could get to that level with your kids, then you know I think you've really achieved the uh, the nirvana of uh, mastering yelling with your children. <laughs> so, how often do you yell at your kids? Like, or how often do you yell? Period. Like, when are your vocal cords getting a full workout during the week? How many times a week these days? I guess it depends on whether we what what threshold of decibel we we call yelling, right? <laughs> To the point that you're that you need to drink water afterwards, or that your voice is a little bit hoarse for a few hours. How about that, that point? That I can't remember the last time I yelled them <laughs> like that. I 
I can't remember the last time I yelled at them like that. But I mean, on a nightly basis, my wife and I are sitting downstairs uh, watching TV or something like this while the kids are upstairs and they're supposed to be staying in their beds. And we're hearing them creeping around or jumping around or goofing around. And we yell up to them, get back in your beds. Uh, you know, that's that's another example of a scenario where it's like, that's probably justifiable or okay to, to yell at them that you're not going to cause. When, when there's two floors separating the two of you. Yeah, well, exactly. Right? <laughs> Am I going to walk up the stairs to have a Dan or Tanny conversation or Danny Tanner conversation on the foot of their bed with the right music playing to, to uh, get across to them the dangers of goofing around at bedtime? Mm. I could do, but it's a lot quicker to yell up to them, get back in your bed. How about in public? You know, have we ever raised our voices with our kids, you know, in front of random people or even, you know, at someone's house? I mean, I guess we're not doing that much now. I try not to do that for more than one reason. Uh, first of all, it doesn't make you look too, uh, too in control as a parent, you know. <laughs> so there's the Yes, it's all about the show that we got to put on. <laughs> That's right. But on top of that, I think as a general rule, I try to do what my parents did for me. Because when I was a kid, my parents didn't try generally it had to be a rare scenario for my parents to truly discipline me in front of not just other adults but even in front of my friends mm -hmm. because they as embarrassing it is as a parent to have to do that in front of other people it is uh, embarrassing as a kid to have your parent yell at you or call you out in that way uh, you have Absolutely. to be really cognizant of the of the, the feelings that kids are going to have in those circumstances if you're yelling at them yeah it's very embarrassing or humiliating in many ways yeah uh, yeah. So, but I, I think you can actually, I, mean, I remember when I was a kid, this is a little bit different than how things work now, but my parents saying to me, because your friends are here, I'm not going to spank you in front of everybody. But if this doesn't stop when you get home, you're getting a spanking. <laughs> you, you, could, you could say the same thing with yelling. You, know, you could say to your kids, I'm not going to yell at you here in front of all of your friends, but you need to know that what you're doing is very much going to get you into trouble and there'll be some consequences if this doesn't stop. You know, stuff like that, I think is... I think it's appropriate to do that instead of yelling in, in public. Yeah, Gen that is actually one of the tips that I got out of this book was okay. that you don't want to punish your kids in front of other people. Right? Yeah. It's a private thing that is done at home. Yeah. Yeah. And I think kids, if you treat them that way, kids also can start to learn that, uh, you know what, I also don't want to have to be punished in front of my peers. So when my parents give me these warnings, I, mm -hmm. I know to stop. Uh, I think you can tell the difference between those kids, parents who have that approach, and the kids who their parents never do anything uh, to curb their behavior. And so when they're goofing around or doing what they're not supposed to do in public, uh, they do it because they don't care what their parents say because they know their parents aren't really going <laughs> to deliver any kind of now, consequence. I, I don't know. I, I'm around a peer group of parents that are all pretty diligent parents. Yeah. Like I, don't, I can't think off the top of my head any parent who just lets their kid do whatever they want or they don't discipline them at all. But you know of these types of parents. Personally. Well, I could think of examples of parents where uh, the opposite of what we're saying, you know, you don't try to discipline them in public, but you try to develop those habits at home so you don't have to discipline them in public. I know the parents who it's kind of, I'm not calling out any specific parents I know, but I can think of examples where they don't discipline their kids at home and so in public, when they're embarrassed, is now when they're trying to discipline their kids for the first time. <laughs> and it's going all sideways. <laughs> True. Yeah. There, there, I, now that you mention it, frame it in that 
way I, I'm starting to imagine, think of some of my patients in the clinic, right? And that is not a nice place to, to watch parenting unravel when you're a physician. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> what else? So here's some special scenarios. You know, when we talk about yelling at kids. In our in one scenario that I think is particularly a landmine that should try to be avoided yeah. is when both parents start yelling, right? Yes. And it's it's fine when one parent loses it, right? As long as there's another person there to sort of balance it out. Yeah. And I, I don't know how single parents are able to navigate this, right? <laughs> yeah. But if you have the two parents, you know, maybe possibly the main luxury of this second person yeah. is at these moments that the second person acts as a bit of a counterweight to whatever's going on, right? Yeah. And it could be either person. Because when both people get mad and both people lose their temper, it's not just additive. It's not adding like mom's rage plus dad's rage equals M plus D, right? <laughs> it's actually multiplied. It's mom's rage times dad's rage and you get this like enormous number <laughs> that yeah. comes out, yeah. right? Like your calculator starts smoking and, and, and there's sparks flying everywhere and that's when the danger comes. Well, you'll, you'll notice in yelling situations in a family, when you're the one doing the yelling, often you feel like, yeah, this is appropriate teaching the right lesson. This is the mm -hmm. right amount of yelling. Uh, but then when you hear your spouse doing it, it feels like, oh, why are they yelling? They doesn't need to be yelling right now. <laughs> and you can bet that when you're yelling, they're often feeling the same way. Right. And sometimes the spouse can throw in a comment. Like, I've heard this, like, stop it. You're being annoying or something, right? And then yeah. even just that can give you a bit of pause and settle you back down, right? Yeah. But if the spouse's comment or, you know, if I'm the spouse and the comment is, yeah, that is a terrible idea. And that thing just goes out of control, right? There's a lot of picking up the pieces afterwards for those type of situations. Yeah. I, I would warn people of going too much the other way, uh, where you're not being united in the message that you're sending to your kids. I think that's True. that's parenting 101. Uh, even if you don't agree with your partner, you got to back them up when it comes to dealing with the kids. They have mm -hmm. to know mom and dad are united front. They speak for each other in that regard. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's not helpful if one parent is yelling and the other parent is actively saying, why are you yelling at the kids for? That's not a big deal. There's nothing wrong there. <laughs> oh, no. no, no, you don't wouldn't say that. You yeah. would just say, let's just a little quieter, please. <laughs> it's too <laughs> noisy, it. right? That's the point it. of whatever you're saying is justified. Just dial it down a little bit. <laughs> if, I, if my wife, for whatever reason, is is really angry about something and getting on the kids, then I'll try to basically interject with, uh, sort of saying what she's saying or trying to say what I think she means, but saying it without yelling. And likewise mm -hmm. with her, if I'm getting really upset, then she'll start talking to the kids, not to say, you know, the opposite of what I'm trying to get across, but she'll start saying, look, you can't do this because, or something like that. <laughs> so that's, so that's one scenario when both parents lose it. Yeah. So that to me is the worst case scenario when both drivers are out of control yeah right because then there's nobody putting a handbrake on this thing what about here's another special scenario for many of us there are certain like pet peeves or certain triggers you know if we see that thing like we're gonna get annoyed yeah. right like for my mom it was like if we stained the carpet like that was a big thing like it doesn't sound like a big thing to other people yeah it's a big thing yeah right for me, it's the scissors. Like, I can't stand it when the kitchen scissors 
have been removed from the kitchen and not returned. And we've warned the children about this like a million times. Yeah. And to the extent that I have bought backup scissors, there's two <laughs> pairs of scissors in that bin that I'm supposed to use to help me around the kitchen. Nice. And I've bought kid the kids extra scissors. They all have like three pairs of their own scissors for arts and crafts. Yeah. When all these when all their supplies are exhausted, now they've taken my two scissors and they still cannot locate it. Yeah. Right? This is a problem and they know it, right? I have explained this to them many times. Do not misplace the scissors or I'm going to blow up, right? But it is almost ridiculous that for many of us, I'm sure that each of us, there's some trigger, there's some thing that really bothers us yeah. and then it still happens. For me, it's not so much uh, something like that. Like we also have the same problem with the kids taking taking the scissors, taking the kitchen scissors and using it for arts and crafts, which they're not for, <laughs> that type of thing. Uh, which is annoying, and they they'll hear they'll hear about it from me when they do that. But in terms of actually getting angry and yelling out of anger, uh, I don't think for me it's so much that. But one thing where where they can be sure that I'm going to express dissatisfaction, anything where I feel it's like a matter of uh, of respect, mm. right? So something like taking the scissors is something where it's like they know they're not supposed to do it, but in the moment they're forgetting or whatever reason. But it's a very different thing than if I said, you can't take the kitchen scissors out to do crafts. And they said to me something like, you know, what do you care? Or uh, <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll take the scissors if I want to take the scissors. You know, that type of stuff cannot pass in my house. <laughs> that, that type of thing uh, will often get uh, sort of a pre-welling warning. Not that this is happening often. That may not be the best example of that kind of blatant disrespect but still uh, uh, things of talking in the wrong tone or that type of thing will get uh what did you just say to me uh and then <laughs> that very quickly uh turns the situation around i find <laughs> that has not happened in our house too often i think my daughter used to speak like that to us at times when she was small yeah and it, and it was always this thing where it's like she's only three that phrase cannot possibly mean what it would mean if an adult said it to us, <laughs> but it sounds so rude that you don't know where to file it in your database. Well, it can start with it sounding cute because it's coming from such a small kid, uh, and then it can work its way up from there. So yeah, it is, it is a good idea to, to kibosh that stuff early, and you know, it doesn't have to be yelling every time for, by any means, uh, mm. but certainly to say, no, 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 you can't talk to a grown-up like that, or hey, 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 that is rude, you can't say that. And then if they continue to try to escalate it, then that's when you, uh, you raise your response to match. <laughs> Most people who, to do, who talk about parenting in the context of not yelling, not getting angry, not doing any of the things that we don't want to do, usually will frame it uh, around kids will do the right thing or do what they're supposed to do if you explain it to them, that they want your praise. So as long as you show them love and uh, and explain to them the reason behind what they why they need to do things. They will they will act the way they're supposed to do, and mm -hmm. uh, that that certainly tr approaching things that way is a good approach. But it's going to have its limits. Anybody who's doing any practical child raising of more than one child is going to find that there are, are limits to that. And then mm -hmm. the question always becomes: you know, if you explain to them and they don't like your explanation, then what's next? Mm -hmm. There there needs to be some kind of some kind of threshold which the kids are going to understand like, well, I'm the kid and that's the grown up, And so mm. I cannot go beyond that threshold, no matter whether I think I'm in the right or I'm in the wrong. 
I recently I was talking to my uncle and he, he we were talking about my grandfather because I didn't know my grandfather that well. Yeah. And he was telling me about his relationship with him. And my grandfather was like a soldier, right, in the in 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 Taiwan in the old days. Yeah. So he's one of these like lifetime military guys yeah. who you can imagine. Like your dad was a cop. So these soldiers are kind of like cop personalities, very stern. They're not really making time for like fun conversations with their sons. Yeah. Right. And in those days, corporal punishment was a thing. So you could walk around with a stick waving it and like any anytime you step out of line, you get a beating. Yeah. Right. And this isn't really the same as yelling, but what ended up happening was because his dad was always operating at that high decibel level, right? Like, you know, anything out of line, you're going to get a beat down. Yeah. Eventually, the, what his approach was, my uncle's approach was just to avoid the dude. Like, if I see him at the house, I'm going to go the other way. Yeah. Right? <laughs> if he's over there, I'm over here. Like, we're, we're going to try to avoid each other. And in, a, in one sense, the parenting was successful. And my uncle did well in school. Like, he followed the rules and, you know, accomplished stuff. But he got to a, a, like he got older. He got to university and beyond. Yeah. And then suddenly, my grandfather passed away. Right. Yeah. And that was it. He realized he had never talked to the dude. Right. Because they spent his whole life avoiding the guy. Yeah. Because it was just that military exterior was too hard to penetrate <laughs> that he wouldn't even bother. Right. And I think that's the fear that a lot of us have as parents is that if we're if we're too much like you know even we talk about emotionally scarring and whatnot, but even yeah. It's more just that we break that ability to communicate with our children if we're always upset at them about stuff. That's right. Right? And that is an actual thing. It's not an exaggeration. This happens in many families. Yeah. It, yeah, it really does. You know, there are there are families where that's that's what the kid thinks of when they think of their parent. That's their mm -hmm. their memory of their parent as they get older is this person who was always yelling at me. Uh, mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, I... It, with my kids, if I have to yell or if I do end up yelling, not that I have to, but if I do end up yelling, you know, half an hour later, we should be able to be back to like interacting with each other and having fun. And, you know, it's not that I yell at them and that's it. The day's done. They're not seeing me the rest of the day mm -hmm. or that they have to, you know, be afraid that like, oh, he yelled at me. So he's angry at me. And now my dad doesn't like me or, you know, you really mm -hmm. should be. You shouldn't, have, you shouldn't have a relationship that, that goes like that. And I, I think that's where a lot of the idea of saying, like, I'm just going to live in a world where I don't yell at my kids comes from, uh, mm -hmm. which is probably a great thing to shoot for. But then if there are times when you yell at them, that doesn't mean that you've failed or you've ruined them. <laughs> I mean, do you find that in general, like your personality, that you're someone who would get angry like there are people like I'm, I'm not one of them, like people who get super angry at somebody and then they just hold it for you know a week two weeks three weeks like is that a thing for you uh no not generally i gotta say i don't usually like hang on to those sort of grudges or nurse and anger or that type of thing but the reason people yell at their families so much is because we we really treat family so differently when i think mm. of if somebody out in the world does something that would be angering me then it's easy for me to be like ah that's not worth getting or angry about forget about that guy or you just get angry and you just keep it angry, but you don't have to interact with them again. <laughs> That's right. Whereas, you know, for my wife, for my kids, I don't want to be in a stage of saying like, oh, you know what, they do this thing that's annoying, but I'll ignore it and I'll forget about them. You know, mm -hmm. don't worry about that guy. Like, no, 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 no. We have to address these things. It has to be dealt with because we are a family. And I don't ever want to be in a state of like, just forget about them. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't like to nurse an anger or hold on to something for a long time. And I think that's where the whole stereotype of dads being more the the people who yell but then are over it uh, comes from. Mm. I think for dads, often it's like, you know, yeah, I yelled at you or yeah, you yelled at me. But then that was it. We yelled. So we got it off our chest and we're fine now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the way dads often see the world. That's, I think that's the way often I now, would look at things. You've, you've, you've made this point twice about yeah. how dads see the world. You seem to be implying that so, there's another group of people that doesn't see the world this way. And it sounds like it's moms. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I think if we're talking about the stereotype, it's probably more like women who in general, the way they interact with each other and with other people isn't usually that they just get out in one angry outburst or have a fist fight and then are cool afterwards. Whether that's actually true is a whole other separate thing. But if we're just talking about the terrorist type the of stereotype, yeah. fair, fair. I mean, today, just to, in closing, I was talking to my daughter. Actually, she was doing an assignment, right? Comes up to me. is like, daddy, like uh, the teacher asked us to write down a time when our feelings have been hurt. I can't think of anything. I'm like, you can't think of anything? Your feelings have never been hurt? She's like, no. I'm like, never? No. I'm like, what about when mommy and dad were yelling at you about this or that? And she looks at me with this look. She's like, why would my feelings be hurt? So you guys were mad about something. What's the big deal? (laughs) I don't know if that's good or bad or whatever. I mean, on the one hand, I feel like, okay, whew. Like, like she doesn't seem too bothered by it. Yeah. On the other hand, it's like, wow, all that yelling accomplished almost nothing. <laughs> I don't know, but okay, that's what it is. I think that's good parenting right there. I think I, I talked about on a previous episode this thing where with my, my oldest kid when she was maybe about three and a half coming up four, I said to her once, you know that mommy and daddy love you. And she's saying, yeah, I know. And I'm saying, and did you know that even when we're angry at you, we still love you? And she seemed to light up like, really? Like, that's amazing. This is, that seemed to change her life. And so I've, I've reiterated that with every kid and it, and it comes up often now. So I think that is, that's similar to what your daughter just figured that out on her own. But sometimes kids need to hear it. Yeah, there you go. Parenting in the 21st century, going beyond these textbooks. <laughs> That's right. So I guess our bottom line, just because people, we've talked a little bit about the downsides of yelling, yet we've said that we do yell or that we think that there are times when it's yell. So just to make it clear to, to our, our listeners, what is the medical dad's stance on yelling at, uh, yelling at your kids? Well, first of all, the medical dads should resist this like thing where we take easy, clear, de- clearly defined stances about stuff. <laughs> you know, like the world is not binary. It's a complicated place. And there's this urge to oversimplify. What are you talking about? I I live by principles. (laughs) Yeah, the principles is that there may be times where it could be justified in theory, potentially. (laughs) I would say it's more along the lines of, your goal is to to not yell at your kids as much Mm. as possible. And if you are yelling, it really should be because you feel that you have a reason to yell and it's not just an emotional Mm. reaction. Yes. And then keep in mind that if you are yelling too often, it loses its effect. So you want to reserve that thing for the times you need it most. That's right. In fact, if you have multiple kids, you might want to save it all up for one gigantic yell. (laughs) One primal (laughs) scream that you're going to save for just the right moment. When you're on your elliptical machine and they just can't hear you. Yeah. It's funny, though, when you were telling that story about your daughter, I totally thought it was going to go a different way. When you're saying that she came up and said, I had to talk about sometimes my feelings were hurt and I couldn't think of one. I thought you were going to say, you can't think of a single time with that ugly dress on? You're welcome. (laughs) 
I truly thought you were going to go somewhere in that direction with that story. <laughs> On that note, everyone, we hope you have a nice, quiet, peaceful week with your family. Goodbye and see you next time. <laughs> Adios.